Are you looking to improve employee engagement and retention? Do you struggle with decisions on who to hire or who to promote? I have an amazing opportunity for a forward-thinking, purpose-led, people-first organisation to work with me on the first pilot Happier at Work programme for corporates. The programme is entirely science-backed and you will have tangible outcomes in relation to employee engagement, retention, performance and productivity. The programme is aimed at people leaders with responsibility for hiring and promotion decisions. If this sounds like you, please get in touch at ifa at happieratwork.ie. That's A-O-I-F-E at happieratwork.ie. You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for leaders who put people first. The podcast covers four broad themes, engagement and belonging, performance and productivity, leadership equity, and the future of work. Everything to do with the Happier at Work podcast relates to employee retention. You can find out more at happieratwork.ie. Work technology just has lagged. And I think we're starting to get to this place where slacks and murals of the world are starting to be these really enjoyable, commercial-grade tech that's entering our work lives, which makes work easy because it's a natural fit. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am so delighted you have joined me today. My guest today is Josh Seacrest, who is the Vice President and Marketing and Client Advocacy at Paradox. He has led talent and talent acquisition teams for some of the world's largest and most recognisable brands. In his most recent role as the Head of Global Talent Strategy at McDonald's Corporation, Josh helped design people programmes and experiences to support internal and external talent for McDonald's corporate offices and restaurants around the world. Previously, as head of global talent attraction at McDonald's, he collaborated with Paradox to bring the world's first voice application to life in partnership with Google and Amazon's Alexa. Prior to joining McDonald's, Josh spent over 13 years at Abercrombie & Fitch, where he was an HR business partner and led various HR functions, including global talent acquisition, philanthropy and home office development. Josh proudly served on the board of Flying Horse Farms, a serious fund camp for children with illnesses in Mount Gilead in Ohio. Josh and his wife, Morgan, live in Chicago's West Loop neighbourhood. At its core of what Paradox does is it uses technology to free up time for recruiters to humanise the recruitment process because it automates some of the processes that can be repeatable. And really, our conversation is about how to make the recruitment process more human. We talk about spending more time with people, you know, and that that human element, the value of talent, looking at the frontline workforce. I know you're really going to enjoy today's episode. Do stick around to the end. And as always, I will do a synopsis of some of the key points that we covered and some of the key takeaways and maybe some challenges for you to implement in your own business as well. If you want to connect with me, please do so on social media. You can do so through my website, happieratwork.ie, Instagram, happieratwork.ie, or through LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. Welcome, Josh, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to have you as my guest today. Do you want to introduce yourself to listeners and give them a bit of a sense of who you are, what you do, and how you got to where you are? Eva, hi. Thanks so much for, for having me. Um, yes, so uh, I'm, I'm Joshua Seacrest. I'm the Vice President of Marketing and Client Advocacy at a company called Paradox. Um, Paradox is hiring technology. Uh, we get to uh, partner with uh, clients like Amazon, uh, McDonald's, Nestle, Unilever, uh, Lowe's, um, and, and really take their hiring process from, from start to finish. Our, our goal, though, is to have hiring technology that allows for our clients to spend more time with people and not technology. Um, so we'll, we'll kind of get into a little bit of, of paradox as we move through. But my background is, has been a longtime uh, uh, HR leader. Um, I've gotten to sit in basically every seat within HR, maybe except for comp and benefits. Um, spent a good chunk of time at Abercrombie & Fitch in TA and culture uh, roles, and then uh, prior to coming, Paradox was the head of global talent attraction and acquisition and strategy at uh, McDonald's. So got mm. to think about hiring and happiness at work um, for over 37,000 restaurants, over 2 right. million employees 
in 120 countries. So kind of, um, I'm just, I'm, I'm passionate about talent. I'm passionate about recruitment. Um, and that was kind of like the Super Bowl uh, for me. So now it's, it's neat to be able to advise some other big clients and, and, and find ways to help them solve challenges. Yeah, brilliant. Love that. And two very well-known brands there. And interesting what you're saying about McDonald's, like, you know, it, I mean, the thing that springs to my mind is the challenge that it's 120 different countries and dealing with different cultures and maybe there's different practices and, you know, never mind all of the, the legalities around the different hiring practices and, and employment legislation as well. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a good learning, um, I'm sure, for, for all of us in the business world, right? You, you go from your, one jo- your first job where you kind of become this expert, you know, you, you know all the people. Yeah. Um, you know your way around. You you, you kind of have a cheat code. Um, McDonald's was then this like big big jump of scale and complexity. I mean, yeah. yes, all restaurants are serving burgers and fries, but to your point, doing the human and people side of that mm. across 120 countries gets really complex. And we have a, a had a huge have a huge uh, franchise organization. Over 90 yes. percent of yeah. McDonald's are franchised. So. And, and those are amazing business owner operators that business leaders that you you know want to listen to. So anyways, a, a lot of listening in that role before sort of designing. And my head always wants to go to designing and brainstorming, um, especially on the people side, because for a, a business like that, you know, we were able to directly tie, this is, I think, a fun anecdote, but we were able to directly tie understaffed restaurants to also lower performing restaurants, right? So you kind of think of that vicious cycle of if your your business is understaffed, then the remaining staff probably gets spread pretty thin and your managers are trying to plug holes everywhere. And so then there's higher turnover as a result of that. And then your customers probably aren't getting as good of an experience. You're not servicing as many of them um, within a minute or within an hour. And so then your revenue or your store hours get impacted. So anyways, it was this big business challenge, but it took a lot of listening to be able to ensure that how you're addressing this business challenge, you're really taking care of the people and thinking about it in a warm way and, and listening to kind of all the stakeholders to, to your point in multiple different countries and multiple different scenarios with, with multiple different challenges. Yeah. I love that actually. Yeah. Just this whole idea. I mean, listening is, is really, really important skill in business in general, I think, but I, I love this idea rather than just thinking, I have this brilliant program and now I'm going to roll it out to all these different um, different businesses or all of these different countries and it's going to be the solution to everything. It's about listening and a really, really important and powerful um, anecdote that you shared as well there, Josh, in relation to using data to solve problems. So having a look at, well, is there a correlation here between these two things? Okay, so this is, we've noticed that this is what's happening now and then going to the, you know, probably to individual restaurants, it might be difficult, but at least groups of of restaurants together to say this is an issue. Now, if we're to solve that, then why don't you tell us how to how to solve for that problem or how can we support you to solve that? Um, as opposed to just saying, oh, here's here's the solution. So I love that approach. Yeah. And in, 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 in what you hear there through that listening, and I, I think it's where you know, this, this podcast, I just brings me, brings me joy is like, there was a very, um, you know, obviously I work for a tech company. I love, I love, um, what some of the advancements in tech can, can be, but, you know, within this, it was kind of this very human, um, component, which is if you're in a McDonald's, right. And I, I think this just echoes in a lot of different places. If I think we could, we could probably say that 100% of listeners has experienced McDonald's at some point in their life. <laughs> and if I think, you know, I'm going back to my market research days when we're looking at things like penetration. So that's market penetration. So looking in in any given year, what percentage of people? And I remember that there was always this funny percentage um, on toilet paper. I think it was something like 97 or 98 percent, which means that two percent of households. This is when I lived in the UK. Two percent of households or three percent of households are not buying toilet paper in in a given year. And, you know, I always just thought it was like, you know, what if that's quite unusual. You would think it would be 100%, but it's not 100%. And what are they doing? Let's not think about that. But you just kind of assume these things. But but for the sake of this podcast, let's assume it's probably 100% of people listening have tried McDonald's at, at some point in their life. Yeah, or, or been that manager, because right, you, you get really quickly out of the, um, 
you know, we have to hire 2 million people per year and very much into a single restaurant sitting across from a single restaurant manager. And it starts becoming really this, this human experience. Like, Hey, what happens when you're understaffed? Oh my gosh, I, I already have 12 things to do. Now I have 15 things to do that. That makes me, that is hard. Um, you know, I, want to run a really great business. I want to deliver amazing customer results, but, but now I went from having 12 things to having 15 things. And I think we all kind of experience that if we're managers and we go down a head count, you know, you, you end up kind of having this moment where you're like, Mm. I I was already doing a lot and now it's more. And, and, and for, for that, I mean, it was really helpful because you stopped looking at this problem as just this behemoth and you started yes. looking at it as like, how do you help a specific restaurant manager and yeah. then potentially scale that? And, yeah. and for, for us, and this is where, you know, I, I, I got interested in like where the interplay of technology and, and, um, bringing kind of happiness and, in, in, in humanity to, to work even at scale, even at like a McDonald's, because really the solution there was like, oh, during these times, you actually need to give hiring managers time back, you know, like, they don't need more process. They don't need lots of, <laughs> of new things and stuff to learn. Yeah. It's, you know, this is a great deployment of maybe some automation because where we'd want those people and where they want to be is, is helping their customers, helping running, run a great store, a great restaurant, helping yeah. onboard and train new people. And, and it kind of kept them in this space of um, really, really doing kind of the critical components components of, of their work. And so that resulted in us kind of looking at ways to automate that part of the process. And, yeah. and, and that's actually how I ended up at Paradox because we were able to partner with Paradox there. So I, 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 I'll come on to that in a minute, but I, I suppose I just wanted to reiterate this point of it's not looking at it as exactly as you said, Josh, the behemoth challenge of hiring two million people in a year. It's bringing it back down to uh, one step at a time and what's this problem and how do we then solve this problem at scale? I loved your use of the word humanity and it's about being human at work and, and bringing the human back into work. I'm a huge believer, a huge advocate of that. And before we go further, I'd love to know more in your words of what does Paradox actually do? And then maybe we can talk about automation and, you know, and and taking taking away the kind of menial tasks to be able to put the humanity back at work. Yeah, well, and, and I'll, I'll get to the paradox piece, but I think it's just playing off of that point. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we think about problems in a really, it, it helps to think about it in the biggest possible way. You know, yeah. our brains can do that well. And then sometimes, and in this example, it was really helpful thinking about it, right? And maybe not the smallest possible way, but getting really into the the specifics, getting into a specific restaurant. Yeah. Um, and 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 that's I think um, showcased by even just some numbers. So you know, if 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 a McDonald's, even if we were seeing you know 10, 20 million applications come through. If you actually divide that by 37,000 restaurants and divide that by 365 days per year, yeah. what you were finding was our restaurants were chronically still understaffed. But even though that seems like a lot, if you look yeah. at it at the big level, that's a lot. How do you, how do you process that? Yeah. At the smaller uh, scale, that's actually like one, you all can check me on my math, but about like 1.5 <laughs> you know, okay. applicants yeah, yeah, yeah. per day. Right. I'm not going to so do that much where... right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to probably get something on LinkedIn on that I I botched it in some way. But uh, so so that's really interesting. On like Enter Paradox, which is uh, a hiring technology that um, uh, is conversational, um, which means that it really looks like um, text based, so mobile first texting. So if you go yeah. into a a restaurant or if you're Sion Indeed. Um, a short code or a QR code or um, a chat functionality on a website. It allows for you without any passcodes or logins or filling out forms to apply to a job in essentially a, text, a text-based conversation. So you don't have to okay. download any apps. And it actually takes you all the way through. Um, you can you know, answer the questions. So you get screened through conversation. If you then get qualified, you automatically move to getting scheduled. This is all happening on your mobile device. Mm-hmm. Um, can even take an interview through that, get your offer um, all through that. So, so no, no logging in, no waiting. And it mm-hmm. makes the experience super easy 
removes a lot of the friction points. So, I mean, a lot of the things I'm kind of calling out with, if you've applied for a job recently or sometimes frustrating, it's a 20 minute application. You're asked to fill out multiple things. Uh, you do post don't, don't get me started, and so this Josh. Was, the, yeah. um, upload your resume here. Yeah. And then also, can you fill out all of this additional detail, which in brackets, which is also contained in your resume, which is what people are thinking they find frustrating. And I know there's certain platforms that do that. And, you know, I'm not going to mention them on here, but um, yeah, like that sounds much easier. And exactly as you say, it takes the friction away from what it is that you're trying to do. It, and, and that's a that's a key part of it, you know, and I think we all look for this in like any consumer experiences. It's yeah. just that for some reason for the last long time, and I think um, HR is finally catching up or, you know, when we have to apply to a job, it's always been kind of 10 or 15 years behind and it's finally caught up. So okay, yeah, yeah. everybody wants simple and frictionless. Nobody wants frustration, right? So everybody no. wants frictionless. And then where technology is gone and what I think Paradox is wonderful at is providing warmth through personalization. So you talk okay. about millions of applicants um, or even it's 10 applicants, everybody able to ask the questions and get the answers they need 24 seven, um, apply in whatever language they'd want to. It's got multilingual mm. capabilities, the ability to not have to have a computer at home um, to be able to apply. So it ends up being fast and simple, but then creates this ability to have um, kind of warm, personalized experience for every individual, even if you're you're doing this this at scale. And so you tie that into McDonald's and why that was such a like wonderful feature for us is you know you you have this restaurant that's chronically understaffed and you've got that manager that's that's working hard to kind of keep that restaurant afloat. And so the automation helps that manager, you know, get, you know, we were getting four to five hours back per week. So that's amazing. Oh, wow. But then okay, it's yeah. also allowing those candidates that are coming, that 1.5 candidates that's coming in per day hmm. for that restaurant to be the first one to get back to them, to make sure that their experience, you know, that they're coming in for an interview to make sure that their experience is great. And yeah. so you not only saw more than applications coming in because it was an easier process that was really fast, um, but then you were also seeing people who really wanted to, you know, this, this, this is where they wanted to work. They had all their questions answered and, and started to see, um, less turnover in the short term as, as well. Yeah. What I was going to say, another one of the frustrations I think that happens is that you apply for a job and your resume, your CV goes into a black hole somewhere and maybe you get a response in four weeks, maybe you get no response at all and you don't really know where it's gone or, or what's happened. But if you can process that or if you can move someone to the next stage a lot more quickly uh, through using technology rather than having to to kind of wait all of that time, I think that reduces the friction. And I'm thinking from the candidate's perspective as well, if they're applying for a lot of jobs and like you say, uh, in that case, McDonald's is the first to reply, then, you know, it's it. it it makes it then the kind of number one and of the experience that they've had in terms of the the um, I'm not going to say the onboarding. It's like, I guess, the the pre-screening stage, which is an important part of the impression you get of an organization before you join it. Yeah, the the data says that um, people apply to typically 12 jobs okay, around the yeah. same time. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's really interesting. If you can be the first to get back and start yeah. start communicating there, I think then it does give you an advantage to be able to move through. Um, yeah, I, I think it just keeps going back to this. Um, how do you make these processes at work, you know, hiring, but but even more broadly, um, really simple, really intuitive, um, you know, match more of the technology that is in our personal lives. You know, we all have the either Google or Alexa's around the house yeah. or um, how dependent we are on Siri. And then sometimes like work technology just like has lagged. And I think we're starting to get to this place where, you know, the slacks and paradoxes and um, murals of the world are starting to be these really enjoyable, easy, intuitive, um, commercial grade tech that's entering our work lives, which makes work fun and enjoyable and, and just easy because it, it's a natural fit. But but it helps us to get the work done as well from a productivity perspective, you know, and from an organization perspective, just trying to get trying to 
organize things in such a way that you'll get get more done and automate things. I know certainly in my own business, I've automated, you know, the the um, the podcast is kind of a, a, a case in point. Everything is streamlined. The emails are all templated. There's automated reminders that go out, all of that kind of stuff. And it's, um, you know, my little my little pride and joy. I love that everything's so kind of it's all there's no it's it's leaving me free to do the stuff that's Im- important to me and and having more of that human connection as opposed to having to do the the menial things of sending reminders and picking dates and yeah. all of that kind of stuff it's all it's all done for me already um the 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 other question i kind of had around this is given the type and and given that you're talking about it from a mcdonald's perspective and that's kind of how you got into paradox what kind of organizations can use this technology is it more the the type of high volume um, uh, type of recruitment or can it be used at any level or talk to me a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there's a really nice tie into what you were talking about around automation, because I think mm. there, there, you probably hear automation and a couple things can come to mind. One is just like, oh my gosh, you know, like, the robots are taking, taking over. over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And in, in, and, and I, I, I like how we're, we're talking about this because I think it's like what I'm so passionate about is this, you know, where, where does automation make, make sense? Where does yeah. that make sense at work? Where does that make sense in the hiring process? Um, and in the hiring process, it's a really great activity to, to go through, right? Like uh, someone gets, uh, someone applies and gets screened. Oh, well, I actually want that to be consistent hundred percent of the time from a reducing bias. I, I, I want yeah. that to happen. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. you're know, so selecting based on core criteria criteria so that you know, someone's you know, name or address or something like that isn't, isn't ever even considered. Um, you know, that's going to help, um, being able to answer questions that feel, uh, um, you know, per, like personalized, you know, that's something that I'm, I'm open to, to, to being automated. And, you know, for, for McDonald's, one of the things that we, we said, you know, wasn't going to be automated ever was the in-person, like the interview, right. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that in sometimes <laughs> during COVID needed to be virtual or video, but like, you know, our, our managers and our, our franchisees were really eager to make sure that there was still that, like, come into the restaurant, just make sure it's right for you. Let's, let's eat each other. Um, and there's that, that, that component, you know, so that was a piece where that wasn't going to be automated. And so when you kind of talk about like, oh, well then, you know, paradox as this conversational way to apply and hire that automates, you know, I usually talk about it as can be anywhere from 90 to hundred percent of the experience the industries that we we support they're they're pretty far reaching but i'll kind of talk about it in three different ways yeah one would be a customer facing maybe it's a high volume recruiting scenario so yeah mcdonald's is a perfect example um but um you know a, a, a lowe's or a retailer i think kind of falls in this a grocery store fall a, a hotel falls kind of similar here you're probably going to automate 90% of the process, screening, scheduling, Q&A, um, but then you're going to have a, an interview, you know, mm-hmm. so that that interview, you're armed with information and you can just, you can really connect. You can, you probably sell the job a little bit. You can talk about, you know, answer the questions that are unique to them. Yeah. Um, you, you then have some industries, maybe it's uh, warehouses, uh, okay, uh, distribution, yeah, yeah. wholesale, where, you know, it's, it's kind of the Amazon's maybe of the world. And for that, you know, the need is really, really great. Um, and so you see a lot of them automate potentially hundred percent of the experience so that they can spend time at training and onboarding. Um, okay, and so yeah, yeah. they, they hire really fast, but then a lot of effort is getting that person in and they have just um, amazing, you know, onboarding and, and, and training programs. And, and then the last is is maybe for a lot of listeners, you know, kind of your your corporate um, roles. And so this is where you know Unilever and and Nestle, um, you know, it's it's really fun to be able to to see all the great ideas that they they have. Procter and Gamble, um, but it's it's almost a a way to supercharge your recruiter, right? You know, your recruiter is so valuable within the organization. Um, how do you give that recruiter? 
I, I, almost like an Iron Man suit, you know, like how do you supercharge their powers? Um, and, you know, uh, what I, as I ran corporate recruiting teams um, and our, our CEO talked about this a lot, he did the same, you know, what, what would drive us crazy is you have this team of recruiters and their heads down in their computers instead of talking to candidates and, and you know, giving out offers. Um, and so for us, it was, how do you design software so that scheduling's taken off their plate? Some of this initial screening's taken off their plate, communications are off their plate, um, so that they can really kind of focus on some of that sourcing, some of the interviewing, and making sure that those rock star candidates become um, employees for the, the organization. So in that scenario, it's probably 60 to 70% that's automated. Um, and it's kind of super, supercharging your, your um, recruiters. That makes, yeah, makes total, total, total sense. And it goes back to your earlier point, Josh, of this idea of it's kind of putting the human back in. So, and and I suppose in my head, I can relate it to the podcast so I can spend time sourcing guests so I can spend time on other aspects of my business that are, are kind of um, uh, that are important in terms of uh, my business growth. The scheduling, uh, the screening, and then the communications for me is templated. It's automated, and it's it's outsourced at the moment as well. All of that and um, the other stuff. So you can't automate everything. <laughs> you know, I haven't got to the stage where I'm using an AI to communicate with potential podcast guests yet, but maybe that is the future as well. Um, but I can I can totally relate to it. I've, I I was going to say I've never worked in a recruitment role, but I actually have. I did. Um, uh, I worked in Perth for a time uh, doing high volume recruitment. And, and my recollection of that is, I mean, we had three different systems that we were using. Uh, I think we had an Excel spreadsheet, we had an internal system, and then we had an external system that we needed to input data into. So it was very cumbersome, very um, repetitive. And was there enough time talking to candidates? We were recruiting for blue collar uh, workers like painters and scaffolders to go and work in the mm. mines in the Pilbara in Australia, in Western Australia. So it was, you know, a huge learning curve for me, but but massively, massively interesting. And I think something like that could really, really benefit from the type of technology that you're talking about so that you're taking a lot of what, what we would previously have had to do manually and you're, you're taking it away from us, essentially. So... Um, we can focus. And I, I like that, that sometimes that frame for technology, it, there, um, there may be an instance in, in your life or your work where like, oh, having um, fully automated or almost like ro robotics, um, you know, yeah. that type of stuff makes sense. <laughs> I, I like this technology though that's assistive, you know, like what would you do if you had an assistant? And, yeah. and wherever that challenge or whether that's her work or at home, right? Like, What's what's the thing that if you could take that off your plate, you'd be more productive and, mm. and happier? And you know, hiring an HR tends to be this application of like, oh my gosh, we all want these like human to human components. Like we we want to listen to each other, we want to help each other, we want to like make sure that this is right. It's just doing that at scale is hard. So yeah, you know, being able to automate some of those components, it's it's so it's so interesting to see where then companies use that time back, you know, again, back into if it's training or if it's something else. And and to your point, even if you didn't didn't sit in the seat of a recruiter, probably a lot of us have hired at some point. And sometimes the frustration of that process isn't too dissimilar from that McDonald's manager we were talking about, which is like you really need somebody. This is something that's so important. You know, like if you hire the right person, your life is going to be easier. The results are going to be better. Like you can take more pride in your work. Like, you know, the stakes, but for some reason that process is, can be clunky and frustrating. And you, uh, you've, again, you've taken on three or four more things to in it, in, in your swamp. And so a clunky process may lead to poor decisions, less time, um, even for this really important topic of hiring. And so being able to remedy some of that stuff to, to make it faster, make it easier for hiring managers, um, just felt really important for our clients who are saying like, hey, we win, you know, certainly based on the products we sell, but the, the people who are coming up with the ideas and the people who are, are teaming up to, to make our companies exceptional, 
Um, so like, how do you make sure that we're all spending the right time there versus like fighting off a clunky and cumbersome process that, that should be one of the most important, you know, in, in a company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's so interesting. And I think like, the, I love your description of it's, it's assistive technology. It's, and I suppose I want to put it out there and we won't spend too much time talking about this, but I think sometimes the perception of things becoming automated and the existence of technology means that there'd be fewer jobs or there'd be less work for people to do. But for me, that it's kind of the opposite. It's it's creating more happiness at work, more joy at work, because we're taking the, the kind of menial tasks away from people and, and putting the human back into what we are actually doing at work. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a lot of these repetitive administrative tasks, mm. which and I don't think most most would define as like those are the things that like get us up in the morning. It's yeah. it's the creative or it's the interaction or it's the new. Um, and and sometimes it's the feeling right. It's the feeling cared for and appreciated, which yeah. sometimes just needs time. You know, like yes. I think we've all been in situations too where you have. I'm sure you, you've talked about this a bunch on your podcast, but like the role of manager and leader and boss yeah. in, yeah, yeah, in yeah. happiness <laughs> and. You know, it, I, I think there are a lot of wonderful humans who sometimes are, aren't the best bosses because of stress and lack of time to be able yeah. to, you know, kind of dedicate there. And so, again, if you can, if you can provide some of this assistive, you know, um, whether it's technology or otherwise, to be able to take some of that work off, then you see that time being dedicated in very, just very human ways. You get back creativity, helping mm-hmm. others, training others. Yeah. Um, responding to customers, um, observing your surroundings, (laughs) um, it, to make the right decisions. You know, uh, those things are really important for all of us to, to drive our business. And so frankly, it's, it's really important to our CEOs and CFOs and COOs. Um, and I think more clearly over the last couple of years, there's been more of a direct line, which has been so, so neat to see, you know, I think some of the leading like HR talent and leading organizations, um, really start to talk about this, like, engagement at work, happiness at work, retention at work, yeah. um, because they're, they feel, feel good and right. And for all of us proud to be at a company that, yeah. that thinks about those things. But then from a business side, from like a pure, um, maybe dollars and cents, I mean, it's, it's good for, it's good for business. You know, it's, it's more, pr- more productive, uh, people coming up with more brilliant ideas and, and wanting to stay and contribute and, and give yeah. energy better innovation and, and, and saving money in, in, you know, through retention rather than having to hire people mm-hmm. again, rather than having a high attrition rate and people leaving, and then you having to replace them. And, you know, data shows that it's, I see differences between 30 and 200% of a person's salary in order to replace them with, you know, cause wow. training, yeah. because of gaps in the team, because of relationships they've built and recruitment costs and, and all of those kind of things. So it's more important, I think, to hold on to the people that you have than to try and recruit new ones. Yeah. 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 So kind of doing the, you know, getting the right people in, in the first place and then holding on to them essentially. Yeah. Um, it- the other thing that you talked about is this important topic of hiring and like, I'd love to get your thoughts with your with your background, Josh, on talent kind of in general. And when you're hiring someone, what are the kinds of things that you're thinking about? And, you know, how do you make sure that you do hire those right people into the organization? Yeah, it's it's a great question because each organization should have a, a, a um, potentially a slightly different approach. So, I mean, mm. one would be you know, setting up a process that feels really fair and inclusive for yeah. anyone that's coming in. And so this is a really, a, a neat frame at McDonald's, which was how, how are we being evaluated by those who don't get a job here? So they've applied and they don't get a job. Have we been able to provide them with a really good and um, warm, fair experience? And I thought that was yeah. just like a cool metric that I, I will yeah. like take with me for life of just like, all right, first baseline, I, I, I want to build, uh, build respect for my organization by giving it to every individual who applies or considers our organization. I think that's just like human good for business. Um, and I think sets a, sets a tone for the full, full organization. 
Um, I, I, I then think it, it sometimes can come, come into the, the role, you know, how we're looking at hiring someone in a McDonald's or um, an Abercrombie distribution center or a retail store is going to be different than how we're hiring the next great Abercrombie designer or okay. the head of marketing, right, for, um, uh, for McDonald's. But so I'll kind of focus this one maybe more on the professional and corporate side, which is um, I love being able to to ask uh, largely behavioral questions. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, give me a time when. And so that they can really account, not just their resume, I've seen their resume, yeah. um, but talk to me about the decisions they made, why they made them. Um, and those questions should be tied to a lot of the culture and values and what makes someone successful. Um, you know, essentially, they should be structured in a way that almost no one can tell you what you want to hear. Um, it, it, it's anecdotes from from their own their own life. Um, the other piece that I think is increasing in in, uh, in popularity and in practice is that ability to do some sort of like um, either skills based questions or skills based like um, I don't know if I'd call them tests, but actually just like seeing some work get done. Um, you know, I think within Paradox, I think one of the really neat pieces is there are a lot of positions that may have, um, you know, projects tied to the interview process. Okay. I think that opens up a lot of opportunity for, um, talent to kind of shine in the ways that you, you need to make sure that it, it's, 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 it's coming through within that process. So mm-hmm. really, really good structured behavioral interviews on a, um, you know, a fair and inclusive, uh, simple, uh, process that if the, the role is right, um, doing a little bit of um, kind of project-based or like skills-based um, assessment. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and again, totally agree. I love this idea of being evaluated by people who didn't actually get hired. Um, and I guess, you know, I, I guess you're going to Glassdoor to see that. So people can, even if they've interviewed with somewhere um, that they can say what their experience was of being interviewed there and like you say treated with respect that i that it was a fair process that that you enjoyed it that they kept regular communication going back to my earlier point where you know if you don't hear anything at all or if you don't hear something for four weeks and you're kind of like well i've just sort of sent my cv into the abyss now it's gone it's gone nowhere um so it's that's a really interesting metric and not one i've heard before so i really like that yeah and 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 even to you know, you can wait for Glassdoor and, you know, one of the features I like on Paradox is we can, at different points in the process, you can send requests for feedback and okay, have your brilliant. candidates yeah, rate yeah. you. So, yeah. Are you enjoying this? Is it kind of a, as simple as the smiley face type of thing? Are, you know, a smiley face. Is... Thumbs up. Yeah. Thumbs down. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Even easier yeah. than a smiley face. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and that's, that's really, I mean, I, again, back to this, that's great feedback for if you're a small organization, minimally, even just like your recruiters to know, oh, there's, there's maybe something that if I, if I clean this up in the process, um, you know, I, I may have more, even more people, um, less people frustrated at any point in the process, yeah. more likely to come and, and join our job. Yeah. If you're a large, uh, maybe consumer facing brand, oh my gosh, like back to this, like I want to know in real time, you know, we back to millions of candidates at McDonald's. We want to know in real time if they're enjoying the process, if they feel the process is fair, if they feel like they've gotten their questions answered. Because again, like they will, they are our customers. They will be our customers going forward. And um, we need to treat them as this is almost a part of their customer customer journey. And so that's, that's um, one of the other pieces. We have this... We, um, uh, she's the the chief marketing officer of Global McDonald's, and she's just um, just uh, uh, brilliant and talks a lot on kind of like the uh, the customer journey. And I think we were really inspired by that. Within you know, how do you map the candidate and then employee journey um, to have you know really be cognizant of sort of every single touch point? Um, is it necessary? Like, are you adding friction or are you removing friction? Um, and where can it be personalized? Um, and you know, are there moments to be warm and, you know, really showcase your, your brand. And I think that's a, um, I think that's a neat way to be able to think about it. You know, where in a customer journey would we think it's okay to have 
a customer wait 48 hours for a response. Mm. Like, like it, that's not going to happen, right? It's not good business practice. But in our candidate journeys, for some reason, that's okay. Or, you know, making a customer fill out a 30 minute form to purchase something like yeah, that's, yeah. that's not going to happen. And, and I think this is where a lot of the, the commercial products and developments are, are starting to just like, hopefully help all of us as they, they make their ways into our work lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting because, um, yeah, it's, it's totally, it's totally right. Uh, you know, that why would you feel like you have to, to wait? And, and I think from an, from a, let's say from a candidate's perspective, the perception is that the organization maybe thinks that they're too busy, too important or too popular, that that they have too many applications that they can't be, not that they can't be bothered, but they, that, that they don't have time to to invest in sending a personalized response email to each individual person who didn't get a role or who was who didn't make the shortlist or whatever it might be. Yeah, and, and it's um, usually not lack of, desire, right? I think you talk to the brilliant leaders in those organizations and they say they, they want to, it's just, how do you do that? How do you, how do you do that at scale at all of the touch points? Cause it's yeah. not right. Just, just after the interview or they didn't get yeah. it, which is critical. Um, but, um, but also just like that answering the questions throughout. And I think that was, um, a bit of this like epiphany for me. And even like the, the career switch was like, like there was finally this, some of these technologies that were truly like next gen, you know, like generation skips that allowed for you to help businesses, like actually help business results, but then scale almost like white glove, personalized, warm, inclusive experiences, um, you know, to, to, to scale that, you know, in, until automation, you weren't able to really scale that in a warm, personalized way. And I think maybe before meeting Paradox, I kind of always thought of it as just a way to scale one size fits all. And now with how smart technology is, it's like, oh no, you can actually scale personalized experiences um, and make, you know, this is maybe the paradox of it, but like make it more human um, at the end of the day. Because um, it's not particularly human or caring, right? For us to leave candidates with no response ever. Yeah. Or you know, or ghost them, or leave them hanging and waiting. Yeah, right. So, like, it it does it does warm up the experience in a lot of different ways. Yeah, um, Josh, is there anything else that you wanted to add in relation to um, you know paradox or any any additional thoughts around talent or talent management before we start wrapping things up? Uh, yeah, if if you're in uh, a world where you you have recruiters or you get to work with a recruiter. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's kind of my, my pitch for, for them. You know, we, we talk a lot, at, um, at work on kind of championing the champions of, of talent. And we just have so much respect for people who are in recruiter roles or TA roles or talent roles or HR roles. Um, I think you find great ones and they, they really help you. They help your team. They help you end up being successful. I think they're motivated by the human aspects of work and finding people that, that can be differentiators. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes, um, it's an, it can be an unsung, you know, hero type role, you know, after you fill the job, <laughs> you're kind of on to the next one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, I think it's maybe a, a shout out to the, to the recruiters. I think they're doing, um, some really amazing work in that role is just continuing to evolve and, and be sophisticated. So if you are in, in recruiting or you are in talent and you're thinking about things, my, um, maybe my, my pitch is that I, I think you're in a spot where you could be the next chief people officer or CEO, because there are very few roles in an organization where you're learning technology at the pace that a recruiting or talent team is learning it. You're learning branding and marketing similar to a marketing team to, to launch yeah. employment brands. Good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're learning about all aspects of the business. And if you're doing your job really well, you, you actually know you know, sort of what the differentiators of those aspects of the business, you know, are. Um, and you're designing really great processes that are checked by data, which is, you know, what we all should be learning. So 
you kind of get this really great full experience that I think is is directly correlated to success in in kind of C-suite type positions. So yeah. thank you if you're if you're in one of those roles, if you're considering a, a career in HR, you know, please feel free to reach out to me too. I'm um, reach out on LinkedIn. Be happy to to chat with you. But just uh, we should all um, be excited about um, how those roles will continue to impact us as they get um, further and further away from like process driven or administrative um, mm. because more of that stuff is being automated and allowing for some of these brilliant humans to bring um, really unique cultures um, to life and make mm. sure that we're kind of maximizing our performance. Yeah, love that. And the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast, Josh, is what does being happier at work mean to you? Oh, it's such a, it's a good one to wrap it up with. Um, to, to me, it means like there's no lines. And I mean this in a, a positive way. And, and I think it's almost like internally of like that blend bef- between work and not work. Now in an hu- unhealthy way, um, right? Like that blend means, oh, you're always on your computer or you're yes. always... <laughs> Um, for me, it's the indication of like that transition. There's, there's nothing in my gut. It's frictionless, you is, might say in your language. Yeah. Frictionless. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a great sign, right? Because it allows for me to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm just as excited. You know, I always think about, you know, boss content and culture, um, kind of in those orders, you know, like, you know, who do I, who do I get to work for? And am I learning? And, you know, I think just so much of that dictates your like day and that frictionless transition from personal life into to work life. Yeah. Content then, right. Like, it, am I doing the things that like, I feel like I'm uniquely good at and, and, and jazzed about. And like, there are 99 things that I can't do as well as so many other people. But it's, it's like, if, if I'm in the spot where I'm like, I'm doing the thing that I, I you know, I, I, I think I can really contribute or bring something mm-hmm. special like that gets me going. And then culture, I think is just getting so broadly defined, but I mean, like you, you find the thing for you, but I mean, ultimately being a place where people want you, you know, like they, they recognize that skill set and, mm-hmm. and treat you well and give you a lot of trust. And you, you measure that back to this McDonald's example of like you, you, you measure that by how much you want to give back to it. Um, like you feel like your cup is full and you can now give to others within that environment. And I think that's such like a healthy, healthy sign. So you're, yeah. you know, you're kind of getting it on all fronts, but. That's a, that's a lovely way to describe it though. Uh, yeah. Like the boss content and culture. Now I definitely would love to, to drill into that a little bit more at another time, just given, given the time that we're at now. Now, if people want to reach out to you or if they want to understand a bit more about what Paradox does, what's the best way they can, they can do that? Yep. Uh, please reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. So Joshua Seacrest and Seacrest is S-E-C-R-E-S-T. Um, and uh, be happy to chat with you there or joshua.seacrest at paradox.ai. Brilliant. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today. I loved our chat. I'm sure we could have gone on for another little while talking about all things automation and, you know, the, the fact that the robots are not taking over the world. Um, but thank you. Really, really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed that conversation with Josh and I definitely feel already the future is kind of here. It feels quite futuristic the way that uh, the company operates in relation to recruitment and using that type of technology to take away some of the menial tasks that recruiters and talent acquisition normally tend to have. And so some of the key points and before I go into some of the key points, I'd love to get you involved in the discussion. Feel free to connect through happieratwork.ie, the website, or happieratwork.ie through Instagram and through LinkedIn as well, Aoife O'Brien. That's A-O-I-F-E-O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. And I would love to continue the conversation with you and understand if there's any changes that you've made or there any light bulb moments that you had during the podcast. I always love to hear that feedback. One of the core things, I suppose, that stood out for me in the conversation with Josh was this idea of listening before designing programs. So not kind of going off and designing an entire people program without actually listening to what it is that people need and what it is that they want. So that was one thing that that really stood out for me. I love this whole concept of bringing it back down to the human level. So designing programs to automate things that can be automated, but still leaving room for that, that level of human interaction, which I think is really, really important. 
I love this idea as well of taking the friction away. So it's about removing what are those obstacles? What are those things that are getting in the way from having a really great recruitment process? This idea then that he mentioned that HR are about 10, 10 or 15 years behind, but has caught up now with the use of technology where other departments are using technology already. HR is starting to, to really make strides and catch up now as well. And I suppose a lot of our conversation reiterates this idea that hiring is actually really, really important. It's it's something that's really, really important to get right. And from the organisation's perspective, making sure that you're hiring the right people, that you're giving them a good experience, that you're giving them a flavour of what it's like to work in your organisation before they start working there. From an individual's perspective, then it's about that entire experience of working in an organisation starts with the hiring process. So your impression of them starts with the very first time you reach out to them to apply for a job. So bearing those kind of things in mind, I think, is is really, really important. I love the idea that automating processes and this doesn't just apply in recruitment processes. They can, this can apply to any type of processes in an organisation, but it frees up time for people to be more creative, to help other people and to train other people as well. I really admired then this other aspect of what we spoke about with Josh, this idea that it makes it more a fair and inclusive process and the kind of questions they ask of the process. So how are we evaluated by people who didn't get hired? So it's not just by the people who were hired, but people who didn't get hired. Did they enjoy the process? Would they advocate for your business? Would they have positive things to say about their experience of going through that hiring process? Some of the behavioural questions then, so thinking about decisions and, and why decisions get made, uh, talking about the culture, the values and what makes someone successful in an organisation. And that's something I'm hugely passionate about, especially around this area of values and getting a better understanding of what does make someone more successful in an organisation. And number three then was around the skills based questions. So actually seeing work getting done. So that that would be more about project based work that you allow people to do the work before they actually get hired. So if there is scope to be able to do that, then it's a really um, it's a really valuable way to assess the level of skill that someone has. Finally, then, I loved how Josh broke it down to this idea of boss content and culture. So boss is the the direct person that you're going to be reporting to. What are they like? What is, what is it like to work with them? And getting a, an understanding of that. The content then really focuses more on the content of the role that it is that you're doing. And is it something that will light you up? And then the culture is the general culture of the organisation and is it somewhere you feel like you would fit in or you would belong. Do let me know what you thought of today's episode. I would love, absolutely love to get your feedback and continue on the conversation. I mentioned those social media channels before, but everything you will find through the website happieratwork.ie. That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am so glad you tuned in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love to get your thoughts. Head on over to social media to get involved in the conversation. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love if you could rate, review it or share it with a friend. If you want to know more about what I do or how I could help your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie.